welcome back to the ACSC podcast. Uh, you've probably seen already now because he's on the screen, but Mr. Tom Jones is back for his third appearance for the season already. He loves getting involved with us over here and we love him on the show. Um, so if you haven't seen last week's episode, go check it out. I apologise in advance, it's a long one. I think it's probably the longest episode of nearly two hours. It went on for a while, but it's a very good listen. Uh, a lot of topics covered and you've probably seen that two of us are wearing England shirts and you can work out what's coming up. But we've done a little talk about Euros there. And we're following it on today with our 23-man squad of who actually gets on the plane to bring the Euros to England for the first time. I can't say it's coming home because we've never won the Euros before. But it's coming home this summer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that Boris has actually announced he plans to host the whole thing now in England. Uh, so it could be a good one. But I'll let the co-host do his little intro and Mr John Jones can introduce himself again for the third time. Evening, guys. How are we? Hi, guys. I'm back again. They can't <laughs> get any other guests, so they've got to get me. Third time lucky. <laughs> you, you, you might hit a lucky record of five or six appearances this season. It'd be good. Yeah, it's like I'm like I'm like that that kid outside the training ground when their favourite player comes out. <laughs> he just keeps... like, they just drive past every time, and they, <laughs> yeah, I'm there with my shirt. Sign it, sign it, and then he just drives past. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so England 23-man squad for the Euros. Um, we'll kick it off. So the way we'll do it as an order is we're going to go through the keepers first. We'll sort of deliberate a bit, see why we picked two. And no doubt there's going to be some uh, questionable picks. So we can sort of debate them. Uh, and then at the end, we'll sort of decide a starting 11 between us. So keepers, um, Tom, I'll let you kick it off. Uh, right, so I've gone with uh, my three keepers. Uh, first choice keeper for me, Nick Pope. Second, Dean Henderson. And third, Jordan Pickford. What's that? Uh, Nick Pope, then Jordan Pickford, and then Dean Henderson. Uh, and my order is the same as Tom. Nick Pope, Dean Henderson, and Jordan Pickford. So any reasons why I'll suck it off? I think the one that a lot of people say is obviously Pickford was the starting keeper at the World Cup. Obviously, and I think everyone slates this one moment, but I think for the he, in the World Cup, he was one of our standout players, uh, especially as a leader, sort of the squad, and obviously the noble penalty shootout, etc. So, is there a reason why we've all sort of put him either as second or third choice keeper? Um, for, for what I've from what I've seen of him, he has got a mistake in him, uh, which I think is something you know quite agreeable. Um, there's been times where he's looked a bit shaky, not as confident as he did at the World Cup. Mm. Um, and for me, that's why he's sort of been knocked down the pecking order. I don't know if Warren feels the same. Well, you should know by now my thoughts on this bloke from <laughs> this. <laughs> um, my thoughts with this one was he's a, he is a good goalkeeper. You look at some of his acrobats he does for his saves. Is he a liability from some of the challenges he puts in? Is are horrendous, and that's the last thing we need of a goalkeeper getting sent off during a game. Yeah, I think it's hard to say. I think if you sort of look back on the years where we have had, I think we are quite lucky with the depth in keepers we actually have at the moment. Because I think if you go back a few years, obviously Joe Hart was a standout keeper for a while, but no one could really challenge his birth for a long time. Um, sort of coming through and obviously now obviously Pickford could have only had one tournament as number one I think Hammer Hart must have had three or four tournaments as number one um, and I think obviously 
we all put Nick Pope as a standout keeper for number one. What do you think he's done to sort of earn that? Um, Burnley have spent little to nothing on their team. Um, they've got a solid defensive record um, and I think he, he sort of plays a similar role to the defence like I mean Martinez does for Aston Villa yeah. um, he's reliable he's really tall makes himself big um, and he's had some really blinding games this season um, and I think he's, he's just sort of worked his way to the top he's been in and around the England team and I think he's got a couple or two if I'm not wrong yeah. um, but for me he's been Stand out by far this season, especially in an England shirt. And I think, interesting, and we've all put Dean Henderson in there. I think a lot of that and credit is down to his role last year at Sheffield United, where I think he was arguably probably one of the top keepers, if not the top keeper last season, in my opinion, for some of his games. But obviously, being back at United this season, not really started a lot of games. I know he's starting to get a bit more of a role at the moment with De Gea still making a lot of errors, but is it hard to put a keeper in there who's not starting every game for his club? I don't think you can. Not with that. Because end of the day, you need, as you call, you have your training, but then you have your game, like your game fitness as such, as they call it. Yeah. If he's only like playing one in six or even maybe more than that. It could be Champions League. Well, not Champions League anymore. Um, but you can't keep going. You have to keep being number one straight away to, I think, even getting in, in, in well, into the England side. No, I agree. It's a valid point. Um, I think the reason that he's not starting in the minute is because you know, United have obviously made it very clear that they wanted to stay. Um, I just feel that this is sort of their transitional period where I think we'll start to see uh, maybe next season the role of Henderson and De Gea switch, yeah. where we see De Gea maybe start sort of the cup games and Henderson becoming the number one. Um, I think it's just that transitional period. But, yeah, no, it's a valid point. Um, game fitness, as you mentioned, Warren, you know, training is a lot different to a game. Um, especially, you know, in a tournament like that with a lot of pressure on you. Um, so it is a controversial one. But on the other hand, at the minute, other than those three, there's not really a keeper that comes to mind that really could be challenging for any of those three spots for me. So that's why I think he gets the nod. I was trying to think other than he is it Tom Heaton? I don't know. That's, that's number uh, two. Obviously. Yeah, he's number two at Burnley for a while because he's stepped up when Pope was injured. He's the only other one I can really think of mentioning that's worthwhile. Eh? What was that? Is he injured? No, he's at Villa, isn't he? He's under Martinez. Oh, he might, okay. I thought he was at Burnley, but maybe going to rob. But that's really the only guy I think is sort of interesting. There's none other that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, so I think, obviously, it was a pretty given. I was certain that we've all had the same as those keepers. But I think the defence is where we're going to start to see some different opinions. Uh, so was I? <laughs> so we'll go for centre back. So I've gone for John Stones, Harry Maguire, and I don't think anyone else have it. Michael Keane. Okay. Uh, and then for the left and right backs, we've gone for Trent, Carl Walker, Ben Chirwell, and Luke Shaw. Okay. Tom? Um, so I'll start with the centre backs as well. I too went for Michael Keane. 
um, John Stones, Tyrone Mings. Right backs, I went for Trent Alexander-Arnold and Kyle Walker. And left backs, I went for Ben Chilwell and Luke Shaw. Uh, okay, so the centre backs, I've gone with Harry Maguire, Slaved, got to be in there. Uh, John Stones. Um, it's a toss-up. I don't know if Joe Gomez is going to be back fitness. If he's back into fitness, he would make it. Um, but if not, it'll be Michael Keane. Uh, then the full-backs are Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, uh, Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell. Huh? We're near enough there. They're the same. Similar. Um, I think obviously one that's going to get mentioned a lot, and I think Tom probably says it is Harry Maguire. Oh God! Don't get me started. <laughs> I just, I just think that for a, you know, Warren, how much did the Van Dyke cost Liverpool? Seventy-five. Seventy-five. Yeah. Right. At the minute, let's be honest, Van Dijk is one of the best centre-backs in world football. And we've got his 80 million, single-handedly paid for the Leicester training ground, and he's average at best. <laughs> I he's... think he's him. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he is literally, don't be wrong, Sunday league, he'd be amazing. <laughs> but he, he takes so long on the ball. Don't be wrong, he's, he's technically gifted, but, he's, but for me... He's very slow and he just takes so long on the ball. There was a game, I think, at Wembley where he had the ball for 15 seconds before he passed it back to the keeper. And he's just, he just for me, he's one of those, he's one of those players. He sort of falls on the bracket with Dyer for me. He's just so frustrating to watch. Hmm. I can I agree in that certain sense, but I think for me in an England shirt, I don't think he's had too many bad games in an England shirt. Put him in that for some things. I think there's certain players that when they're playing for their country are phenomenal. I think the first name to it is Genie Wijnaldum. Before he scores countless goals when he's playing for Holland. Um, and I think at the back, obviously, he had a standout role in the World Cup then. But I think he's got to be in there for experience anyway. But I think also for that corners, we were so deadly at set pieces at the World Cup. If we're sort of going along them similar lines, he he does score a few a fair few goals from that situation, so that's my main reason putting him in. One of those. Um, I completely agree with Tom. He is slow as anything, but you look what he did of the last tournament. Kind of got our hopes up with it, but then, as if you said, obviously he's had quite a few good games for England, but then who have we really played? Um, I think in the Nations League he was very well and obviously the Nations League was at a higher standard we played the likes of Holland Croatia Spain he's played in all those games obviously he's had I don't say I'm not saying I'm a fan of Harry Maguire here I think he's the same opinion as you guys he's not the most technical player he's not a quick ball playing centre-back you say he's an old traditional centre-back he's he's going to tackle you and I think in some sense, we sort of need that to sort of balance alongside who I think will be a starter person is John Stones. Um, and I think if you asked me this time last year, would John Stones been anywhere near this squad? I would have said no. Yeah, agreed. Is this season, he's an absolute shoe in to start the back line. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Is his his rise to sort of stardom this season has been phenomenal. Do you think 
it's one of these things you look at when obviously when Van Dyke first come in to Liverpool, Gomez the mm. up and coming at that time, and obviously they had that massive run of doing absolutely brilliantly. Is it the same with Stones being maybe of like Laporte, or that has just brought him out? Even though obviously Laporte's been injured or that, has it just kind of made him a better a better defender by listening to other other centre backs? Potentially. Um, I mean, as I say, he's played with Laporte and now he's building a very strong partnership with Diaz. Um, but I think it does, you know, it doesn't go, you know, it doesn't go missing that if you play, if you play with better players, you you yourself will improve. Um, for example, if you put him, if you put him in the 23s for the season, but he played every game and had a good game, would he be as good as he would be now in the first team with the run of games he's had? Probably not. Um, but I think... You do make a good point about experience, but I just feel like at the confidence that John Stones is currently at in the competitions that he'll be playing in, I just feel like he'll be able to withhold the pressure. And I think it's also down to, I think, the coaching as well. Obviously, he's now been under, how long has he been at City? Four, five years? Yeah, so yeah, it's got to be. Obviously, he's been under Guardiola all this time. It's probably taken him a while to sort of get used to the way Guardiola is plays at such a high intensity, but I don't think there's a better world coach for him than getting that ball-playing centre-back ability out of him. Um, and I think, obviously, you saw it a few years ago, he was so, I would say, fixated on playing this ball-playing centre-back that I've got to be so good on the ball. He made a lot of mistakes and second-guessed himself. Now he's sort of got that confidence flowing. He does look like a really top-class centre-back coming through. Um, but we'll move on to the full-backs as well. And I think we all have pretty similar, obviously, Trent, I want to say he's a starting definite shoeing, but on the form this season, it's hard to sort of say he's a definite starter because I think before we started, me and Tom were talking about, I think James Justin as well. There's been a lot of competition at that right-back role to sort of say he's a guaranteed starter. Definitely. I mean, it, it, it's really hard. Uh, as I say, I, I put Trent and Kyle Walker. There's, there's, I could I could put three sets of two in there that I think would be able to do a job. In terms of getting forward and offering more forwards, I would I would start Trent personally. Yeah. Um, although Kyle Walker isn't the best defensive player because he's so quick, his recovery is is immense. So even if he does miss that tackle, he's got the pace and the power to sort of make up for it. Whereas I think if we, you know, a lot of the time when um, if Liverpool, you know, sort of done the counter-attack, it's because Trent and Robertson, for example, are so high up the pitch. Um, so if you're looking for a sort of a dynamic sort of option, Trent starts for me. But if you wanted just, a, you know, like a sort of standalone solid back four, then it would probably be Carl Walker. But there's, you know, there's shouts coming in from Wan-Bissaka, Reese James. You know, Wan-Bissaka, for me, is probably one of the best right-backs in football in terms of 1v1 situations. Yeah, obviously, I was going to put him in mind, but obviously, I asked you earlier, but I don't know what his nationality is going to be at that time, if he's going to be English or if he's Ivory Coast, is that thing? It'll be Congo. Um, yeah, so I think... What you're saying there is, I think with Wan-Bissaka, it's an interesting one because he's sort of been very vocal this week. I've seen definitely in the media that if he doesn't get picked, in it, is it something that Southgate's sort of got a few games where he's going to trial a few players out? That 
if he doesn't get picked then, then he's going to switch his alliance to Congo. Um, and I think it's just an unfortunate time for Wambasaka that he's sort of come through and making his name with so many other. Um, I think like even Lamperty's a player we haven't mentioned mm. as a player coming up. We've got so many sort of fullbacks coming through um, at this one time. I don't think Wambasaka isn't the youngest either out of them anymore. So, yeah, it's a hard one there. Um, and then I think the left backs, obviously, I think Luke Shaw is another one that I think we'll talk about Stones is that if you asked me a few years ago, would I put him in there? It would have been a no. Absolutely not, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's had one of them players again. He's sort of reinvented himself uh, and he's now shining as that left back for United that everyone sort of knew this player could have been years ago. Do you reckon he's lost weight? Um, is he still quite built, doesn't he, Serge? And I think it's what I like saying he's reinvented himself. I think he obviously knew, obviously from discussions with the likes of when he was under Mourinho, he didn't get a shoe in there. Solskjaer is obviously, I won't say it's all down to Solskjaer, but I think a player sort of comes to that point, it's that crossroads, is it even knows he's going to go somewhere or he's going to end up a bit like, I think, is it like Danny Rose? I don't know if you've seen the top documentary where you had this whole bust up Mourinho in the, in the manager's room. He was at that crossroads where he either decides to sort of make a go for it and actually become the player that everyone knew he could be, or he's just going to drop off into a mid-table side in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, it's more of a. It, it seems to be like more of a sink or swim sort of a mm. sort of moment. Um, but you know, he's he's been immense. To be fair, there's a lot of United fans that give him a lot of stick when he plays. Um, but he's he's clearly sort of channeled that into in sort of to a, to a positive use. To sort of improve himself as a player, um, but you know, you know, we're quite. Bar, I mean, centre backs. It's quite. I mean, in, ter- in terms of centre backs, it's quite hard to go from a, an era with Rio and John Terry for the likes of them to go to you know what we have now because it's, it's completely polar opposites. But we've always been quite gifted in the sort of fullback, you know, areas, and we've, we're lucky to have you know lots of right backs and you know two two left backs that have sort of burst onto the scene. The only thing that goes against them is that, um, you know, they don't they don't have, you know, international tournament experience. But again, I think with the caliber of games they're playing, they're more than more than easy enough going to sort of deal with it. There's um, someone we missed. I don't know if Charlie just said here in Trippier, top of the league with Atletico. Don't even think of him, Jesus. Obviously, he had a big standout role in the World Cup as well, but. I don't know if there's a thing is that I think especially for English players it's becoming a more common with Sancho but not a lot of players playing in the foreign leagues get picked um, it's just one of them st- sort of stigmas I don't know but I think as well with Trippier he hasn't got age on his side um, and the players sort of in the squad that's evolved I think you also sort of have to look towards the youth because you need to get these players tournament experience the yeah. likes exchange if he goes now I think it's a situation with the Walcott you take him at a younger age even if he gets one or two games he knows what that atmosphere is like in the tournament for the World Cup next then the Euros after that the thing is Walcott didn't even get a game no you've got if, if you're going to take him you you mean to play him agreed yeah I mean it, it, it's quite sad to see that you know, you got you've got to, at the end of the day, you've got to fill up a twenty-three man squad. But you know, 
like most most squads that you sort of like, you know, that a manager puts out, you sort of know he's going to play and who isn't. Um, for example, like the third choice keeper, he's obviously not going to play. The second choice keeper is not even guaranteed to play. But it, it must be quite, you know, hmm. like Warren said, Walcott went on the plane and all he did was train. Like I imagine that must be quite disheartening as a player to to have that achievement of being picked for your country, but then not to represent them on the world's biggest stage. Hmm. I can imagine that, but also, like, to me, I still think it is a good thing for some of these young players to see that sort of atmosphere. And I think it's it can do no harm in certain cases. Um, I think the Walcott whole thing as well was a bit, the media got involved as well a lot. Hmm. Media hyped him up as a 16-year-old going to the World Cup, he's going to be a superstar. Um, and it can also turn that way, but I think, I don't think any of the picks like Reese James, I don't think he's not good enough to start. If he starts, he can do a hell of a good job for England. So it's not like we're just taking them for that sake. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think the only other player I think would be interesting to talk about defence is I think we've all sort of put Michael Keane as an option. Um, it's sort of interesting to see why. Um, for me, he's been quite an important player for Everton. He's been up and down with his career. Um, but I think, you know, he, he's he's inconsistent in terms of long periods of time. Um, there's been times where I really don't rate him at all. But, you know, at the minute, I think this season, he's been quite an important part of that Everton defence. Um, I'm not sure what their defensive record is. But I know, you know, sort of recently, they've been keeping, like, they kept a clean sheet last night against... Um, against Southampton did really well clean sheet against Liverpool as well so that's two <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's two then yeah done <laughs> I think he's one of them I think he's sort of shown he's a steady player he's got that sort of like you said that know-how when he's got that sort of experience there and I think he'll do a solid sort of job I don't see him starting but he's a good sort of backup option if it does come to say an injury in the likes of Stone or Maguire well, who would you who would your starting centre backs be then, boys? Mine would be John Stones and Harry Maguire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I put Stones and Mings personally. Uh, you know, Tyrone Mings is an interesting one because I don't really rate him. Why? Why don't you rate him? And I'm, I'm not arguing. I'm just asking. Why don't you rate him? It's one of them. That, he moved to, was it Villa for about, was it 30-odd minutes? It was an expensive transfer at the time. From Bournemouth, uh, I think it was. It was he, he's got, I can't remember, what, where did he move from uh, Bournemouth? He was, at um, he was at Ipswich, I know that. And obviously, he's sort of had this sort of rise where he's, it's not a small amount of money that Villa have paid for him. Um, and for a centre-back, he's just not one of them that I see stand out in that, Obviously, he's a tall player, etc. But I don't really see him standing out and Villa being an immense team at the back, etc. But if you put, I think it's a similar situation to the Nathan Ake sort of going to City. Would you see him if he went to a club like Chelsea, etc., starting and being a star sort of centre back? No, probably not. And this is, I think, is I think for like the likes of in the squad, obviously Michael Keane's at Everton. They're pushing for the top four this season. They're mm. doing. John Stones is obviously City have won the league as a given. He's been um, a key man in that side. Harry Maguire obviously is United captain, so he's got that there. 
for me, I just I don't see what Mings brings to the squad. Go on, Warren, you can have your case. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's clumsy quite a lot of the time. Yeah. It's a hard one, but as I say, like as I said before, it's hard going from an era from your preferred nans and your Terry's to mm. what we've got now. Because if we're being honest, I mean, at the minute, the best centre back, in my opinion, is John Stones. Yeah, but we've also seen that Gareth Southgate loves a three at the uh, five at the back, which I can't stand. Um, and we've also seen Kyle Walker move into that position as well, which seemed to work at the last tournament we were in. So it's an interesting one, but you know it, it's hard. It's, it's like it's you know it's picking picking the best of the of the worst in terms of quality. At I, the think minute, I think defenses are sort of weakest area because obviously we'll now move into the midfield and the forwards. Uh, so obviously I can, I'll read my mid out first. So I haven't gone first. So I've gone with James Madison, Jack Grealish, Phil Foden, Jordan Henderson, Mason Mount, Declan Rice. And James Ward-Prowse as my middle. I've gone for I think I think the exact same as Charlie. So my uh, my sort of sixes and eights: uh, Jordan Henderson, Declan Rice, James Ward-Prowse, and then my attacking midfielders: Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, James Madison, and Mason Mount. I think it is pretty much the same, yeah. Yeah, mine's different then. Only <laughs> 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 by one. Uh, so holding midfields. Hendo, Calvin Phillips, and Declan Rice for attacking Madison, uh, Phil Foden, and Mount, and Jack Radio Show. Okay. Um, I'll start it off with Phillips. Um, I think last week I was very open to saying I don't really see how he fits in an England side. Um, I've not seen too much of him at Leeds this season either. Um, so interesting to see why you put him in your squad what was that just think he's decent um, <laughs> um, I don't know he's got that Joe Hart and Adam Johnson interview tell him ads it was decent <laughs> it's uh, one of, he's done alright I think for Leeds this season obviously you, we always know defensive midfielders never get any praise it's what's what's actually done on that pitch hmm um, I think it'd be good for uh, well when he last played for England. I thought he was pretty good as well. He's young still, so I think it's just one of those things you just got to take a gamble on and see if it does work out. But likely the likelihood of that he ain't going to be starting, so it don't really matter, does it? Much? No, um, it's just interesting. Obviously, I think you're the only one who added him in there. I think me and Tom obviously gone pretty much the exact well we have gone the same. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, the one that was an interesting, I think a lot of people have seen me previous over the last two seasons, why I've gone with Declan Rice in there, because I've been very negative against him. But I think the last few games, especially even for West Ham, he's sort of been that rock in there with Thomas Suchek as them sort of middlemen. Um, and if you're going to go with that sort of, I see the way England, if you're going to play it, in my opinion, it would be that sort of 4 3 3 holding. City and Liverpool. If you put either him or Henderson in there, I think they both can do a very good job at sort of shoring that back lineup, but also sort of providing them passes forward. He's just, you know, he's a player that doesn't score many goals and he doesn't get many assists. But what he does give you is ninety minutes of just. He, he's like a bulldog. He just runs and mm. runs and runs. He breaks up the play. 
he stops attacks. He's really, you know, he's very, you know, very tactically minded. Um, so, you know, him and Henderson are the same player. So it'd be good to see them in a two as well as, well as uh, maybe even, you know, depending on how he wants to play it. We may only see one of them at a time. Um, but I think, you know, as I say, James Ward-Prowse is sort of in the same category as Calvin Phillips. Don't think he's going to play um, at all. No. But if not, it will only be a little. But yeah, no, to see them in a... What I, what I would like to see is a more attacking formation. So I would only like to see one of them with Please. two, with two, you know, so we can... We've, we At the minute, in this era of English football, we are spoiled for attacking talent at the minute. Um, so, yeah. But we're lucky to have that, you know, two bulldogs there just willing to work for the team and win the ball back. I'm glad you mentioned that there because I think the last time we saw England, uh, especially was when was it when we lost to, I want to say it was who's Suchet from? He's Czech like, Republic. Yeah. And this is a game where, like you said, we're spoiled with attacking, yet we went in that game with two holding midfields. I think it on that day was Hendo and Kelvin Phillips. And the amount of times the ball just got caught up in the middle because we had no ability to go from defence to attack because you had too many defensive-minded players on the pitch. Um, nothing against them, but to me, the way I see it is you need one of them in there and then that sort of frees up the room for the two more attacking options, which I think we've all gone with easy. To, easy to, I think the only shoe in there for me this season is Jack Grealish. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw his performance in his England shirt on these for his cap, he was unreal. Yeah. He just looked so comfortable and composed for his first cap for England. Um, but then I think it'll be interesting to see who would you put next to him. It's got to be Phil Foden. Yeah, same here. Uh, oh. For me? No, I think it's got, it's got to be out of Madison or it's got, uh, got to be Grealish. Uh, Grealish? Sorry. <laughs> so, it's hard because it all, I think it also depends. We've sort of left out of Young Gavin a lot of players who are, we know, that's definitely not going to make it with injuries. I know Madison is injured at the moment and I don't sort of know how long he's out for. Um, but I'll sort of an honourable mention, I think, for me, we would have made it instead of War Prowse, it would have been Harvey Barnes. Uh, obviously got injured at the weekend against Arsenal. I think he's done a knee and I think he's sort of fractured some of his knee, which obviously set a shadow to see, but he's been stepping up his game a lot as well. I think going forward, we like you said, we are so spoilt for attacking sort of central midfielders as well as the forwards. Um, but I think Phil Foden this year has come out of, I'd say, David Silva's shadow and has allowed him to sort of become that key man for City. He's he's a joke. He's literally a joke. Like the, his feet, his feet are phenomenal. Getting out of tight spaces, the guy's tiny. You mm. know. And, it, and, you know, if, you, if you're that, there's a lot, you know, not like sort of opening up to another topic, but, you know, there was a, a tweet the other day saying, would Phil, would Phil Foden start in a non-league team if he was at a non-league team? And most people said no, because he's not too small, doesn't win headers, do you know what I mean? But, he, you know, he just, he sort of shows you his talent with his feet. And I think, you know, depending on what formation he goes with, I'm really, I know I said this before, I really hope he doesn't play a back five because it, it literally just, I think, ruins the, the rest of the attacking forwards. But to see, you know, him and Grealish in the same team, it, yeah. yeah. It's that prospect, I think, them two, I think, like you said, with Foden is, I think for me this season, the game against Liverpool, mm. where he just 
bullied your back line. Like, this is a kid who hasn't really started much until this season. And he just looks so comfortable in that City shirt this year. Have you seen our back two? <laughs> our dodgy keeper. <laughs> but what, yes. What, the dodgy keeper that's probably the best keeper in the world, yeah. <laughs> he was obviously something wrong with him that day. I don't know why, but. I don't know, it's hard, but um, I think the only other one I think people might question for us is Mason Mount making it in there. Um, He's Frank Lampard's son, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like him. I do think he will be a bit more... I think he hasn't really had a sort of kicked on from last year. He had a sort of breakout season last year and he's not really done as much questionable, but that's the only one I can sort of bring up as a top is maybe why he's in there. I'm going to disagree with you. I think he's actually... Oh, sorry about that. That's all right, no worries. Um, he's actually... Re- I think he's received a lot of stick um, from the media teammates. Um, you know, and I think with Tuchel coming in, there was a lot of a lot of controversy around will he actually play. But I feel like since, you know, it's only been recent... But since Tuchel's actually came in, I feel like he's 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 been really good. Hmm. Um, you know, does he warrant a start? Probably not. Hmm. But I think he's, you know, because you got to think, Lampard had him on loan at Derby, brought him back to Chelsea, threw him into a Chelsea side with an experienced midfield, and everyone was saying, "Oh, look at this kid, he's amazing." Um, Dipped in form, everyone was saying, "Oh, he's only playing because he's Lampard's little project sort of thing." Um, and I think if I'm not wrong, in Tuchel's first game, he didn't play or he didn't but start. But a lot of players too. I think it's when a new manager always comes in, they they want to make changes instantly. Yeah, but you know, I think he wants a place, but I don't think he wants to start. That's my opinion on him. He will be adding numbers. That's all it is, I think. Um, but then he's probably the when you'd say. Uh, players that you didn't want come in he's probably the best out of the bunch out of all of them hmm. definitely um, so we'll move on to the forwards uh, I think this is probably also for me the hardest because I think there's going to be some big names here that don't make it um, and I think I'm probably going to piss off quite a lot of United fans but so Tom I'll let you uh, kick it off right so I've gone for um, right, start off, go with Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Jaden Sancho. Yeah. Bakayo Saka. Harry Kane. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, Marcus Rashford. I've got the exact same. Again? Yeah. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> I might change out. Okay. Oh, been thinking about him all day to be honest um it's between calvert lewin and bamford i'm going to take out and put this old boy in uh so at the moment we've currently got sterling sancho and rashford yeah. and rashford can play up front if needed so that bamford and calvert lewin who i'd take out for hudson old boy oh okay hudson the yeah, no boy. Instead of Saka. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> We're gone. <laughs> uh, I reckon Cowboys got a bit more patience, so I'm going to take out Bamford and put Hudson or Adoy in. Okay. Uh, reason why? I just think he's like now. I think we might see it in a few more games out of him. But even like last season when he was starting getting into the team, I think it was the cha- uh, it might have been Champions League or it might have been Europa. Mm. I saw he was just absolutely dominating that game with well, even his his vision of how he's doing going straight at the defense and not kind of like as you said, funnying about about mm. keep. He was actually just going for it. Tom, I'll let you uh, go first. You want anything? No. No, no. You know, I'm not salty at all. Um, <laughs> but um, out, of, out of interest, you know, it doesn't help. I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm going to be biased. Charlie's an Arsenal fan, so he's going to be biased. Warren, why, why, do, why do you think Callum Hudson-Odoi gets the nod over Bokai Osaka, especially after his season? Out of interest. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just intrigued. Um, what well, I've seen of Saka, haven't seen too much about him, but I think he, I, everyone like especially you two, uh, don't need to speak to other Arsenal fans, but they're hy- hyping him up so much. Mm. But I just haven't seen much of him to say I can put that full 100%. Yeah, he's decent or that. It's a, it's a hard one because. He's one of them. If if you support a team and you see someone come through your academy that goes into the first team, you automatically, I think, hype them up even more. Yeah. So, for example, you know, maybe maybe controversial, Curtis Jones, decent player. <laughs> yeah, decent player, but he's not. You know, he's not. He's not there yet. Uh, depending on, I would say. They need to really kind of find out what position they want to play him in. Yeah, fair enough. All right, yeah, fair enough. For him, especially, I think he's done well for the last couple of games. But it's one of those things of in and out of the team as such. If we've got, if we haven't got any injuries, obviously he ain't going to touch it. But what I've seen of him, quite a bit of uh, really good energy, uh, likes getting forward. But when you look at him, you'd probably think he's more of a defensive kind of type. But it's like anything, like you said, if you're a supporter, you're always going to pick them up than what they actually are. I think it's a hard one, because I think, like you said there, that is. But I think with Saka, where you're saying Jones is here, honestly, I think Saka's here now. This year, um, if you look at the games, obviously, I I watch Arsenal, well, I'm going to watch him. But if you look at the games where he's not been involved, we are half the side going forward. We haven't Mm. barely any threat. When he's in that side... He is a game changer for us this season. I think last season, if you were to ask me if he'd be in the England squad, I would have said no. <laughs> Strapper, uh, you could be a game changer for them as well. <laughs> uh, but you like look at it like in the game midweek in the Benfica game, he got the two assists for Aubameyang. That first assist on the half turn, the way he did, I think he's a special player. That don't get me wrong, I think he's not the finished product. I wouldn't start him in the England side. He wouldn't be in there above the likes of Sancho, etc. Um, but I definitely think off the bench, late in the game when they sort of tired legs, I think he's got the ability to change something and make something happen. Can he play either way? Yeah. 
I was going to say, the, otherwise, like, the only other reason I would have said is because Sterling obviously got better legs than what I'd say Sancho has. So Hazard mm. on the right instead of the left. Yeah. Um, he plays everywhere, to be honest, isn't he? And it's, I think it's like sort of what you're saying about Jones. I think last season Saka was going through that where we was trying to work out where the hell to play him. We were yeah. he got in, he got in the England squad as a left back. We played him as a left back. There was talk, obviously, him becoming the new left back for England. This yeah. is what he played there for us. We've now moved him forward into the left wing, right wing, like he does, and that is his better position. Is that because they played him left back because he's quick, <laughs> like a double Torre? No, it's he had no freaking left backs. It was wild. Yeah, we did. We didn't, did we? Because we had Benjua was injured. Everyone was injured, weren't they? Yeah, but even for Arsenal as well, the only reason Coutinho was out injured for pretty much the whole of his sort of first season. Mm. Um, so we had to make do and play in there. Um, James Milner left back. He just obviously he's going to be exactly the same as Saka. Obviously not for pace wise, but they just keep going. And I think like you're saying about Hudson Odoi, I think Saka's a very similar player. Uh, I'm not denying it. I, I do like Hudson Odoi. I think the biggest problem for me is he, I think what we were sort of saying about the keeper, that they have to be starting games. Hudson Odoi is not really starting for Chelsea. Obviously, when he did, he come off the bench, G, I think it was a half time the other day, and he got pulled off after 20 minutes. Um, it's them sort of things that to me, I think for Hudson Odoi to get in the English, he needs to leave Chelsea. He needs to go to a club. Obviously, I think Bayern Munich have always been interested for the last two years. He needs to go and sort of reinvent himself into a player where he's going to get starts. Um, and I think the Bundesliga is the ideal place for him because you look at the amount of youngsters and English youngsters that's gone out there and are thriving. I think it would probably be better for him to probably go to someone like Dortmund than I would Bayern. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, he's not getting in over Gnabry and Sane. But then I think we'll sort of move it on to some of the other callers. I think Jaden Sancho is an interesting one. Uh, if you ask this question at the start of the season, he was poor the start of this year. Uh, 2021's come round and he is absolutely flying back to usual. Um, no, I was just think, I'm just thinking, you know, and I, I personally rate him, but do you think some people only rate him because he's in a good foreign team and he's English? Do you think that because look, let's be uh, let's be honest. I I would I can comfortably say since he's been in Dortmund, I've watched three full games of okay. when he's played. Yeah, he comes from London. One you know one big part of England. He played for a Manchester team. The city, all the city lot loved him, and you know United tried to buy him. So he's obviously got the hype from you know quite large parts of England. And he's, you know, he's obviously, um, I think he broke a record the other day as well. He's the, well, he got, he's the youngest player ever in Bundesliga history to get 50 assists. Is that English player or youngest player? Youngest. Ever. Speaks for itself. But then, you know, then, there's, then the question is, it, you know, they got, you've got one of the best strikers, one of the young best strikers in the world to sort of feed all the time. But he, he does it well. And I don't think we've seen... I don't think he's been bad for England, but I don't think he's been amazing for England as of yet. And it, I think we just, you know, he needs more games in an international environment to, for us to really see what he's about. Is yeah. it he's 
it's obviously the Bundesliga to the Premier League is completely different style wise. It could that be one of the problems? Um, I think it is. I think the prime example is Timo Werner this year. Obviously, arguably was one of the best forwards in the world, bagging goals in the fun for the Bundesliga has come to the Premier League and it's not quite worked out. Um, but I, I personally really like. I, I think I've been very vocal, and I think obviously Adil, when he's back, is very vocal as well. We ranked him as youngsters, probably one of the top three best in the world. I think he'll be up there with trying to win the Ballon d'Or in the future. Um, there's something about that kid. I, I'm a big fan of the Bundesliga. I like watching it. Um, when he's on top form, arguably, I think people like you said, Tom, obviously, will say is the start of the season. He was. I was so out of touch. I think he lost all his confidence. I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know if it, obviously he had a bit of media stick and everything, obviously with the COVID stuff, he was involved with that. I don't know if that come into it as well. But since 2021's come round, he's found his swagger again and he's back to his best. Um, and I think in an English show, like I said, we haven't seen his best performances yet. Agreed. Um, but I would start him. Um, personally, I think on the ball, what you said about legs, him and Sterling are probably our most technical players. That's that, yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to ask. Who would your front three be? They're my two wingers. Um, it's hard to sort of I say it's hard not to get Rashford in there, but Rashford's inconsistent and massively. And I think Sterling is one of them that he sort of dropped off a little bit, but he's found his form again in time for the Euros. It's hard to be a star in that city team and sort of. You know, he's involved in almost all the goals, but he may not always get the assist or something. But you know, if you you know if you watch the game technically, like I attempt to try to do, he'll make a run to make space for someone to be. He, he makes a lot of unselfish runs, and there was um, a lot of analysis around him at the World Cup that he sort of played in that second striker role, yeah. and his role was literally just to pull defenders apart to free Kane up. Um, so I think he he's the I think technically he's way more advanced than any of the other wingers as of yet. He's had a lot of experience, um, and I think he can cause a real problem down that side with um, whoever starts at left back. To be honest, I think personally I think Sterling is the best English player we have. I'd put him above Kane um, in the last few years. Uh, if you look, obviously, I think the record knows. Obviously, it, how many did he, he went like four years where he scored two or three goals for England. Um, and if you look at his form the last two, three years, he's been untouchable. He's found that I'd say that sort of next gear that everyone knew he could. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if we sort of link it into Rashford, I think Rashford's in that transitional phase now where he's starting to work out what his best game is. Um, and I thought you said about analysis. I think Cavani is a very good option for him to learn off. He's going to learn a lot more of that off-the-ball movement he needs to adapt to make him a better player. Um, but but things with Man United, you still don't know what where they're going to play him each, each week. No, and this is this is a big thing I think I have for Rashford is, is he a winger or is he a striker? I don't think he knows. No, he doesn't. I, I, if I had to guess, or I personally think he, he works better off of the wing, purely because of his pace. Um, you know, he, he can get shots away. I think as as a one up front, he's not strong enough to sort of be that. I don't think he's strong or clever enough as of yet to to play that sort of sole striker role. Whereas if you've got someone experienced like Cavani, um, against Liverpool, where 
fair enough. He was offside probably like six or seven times in the first half. He, if he could have managed that timing a lot better, he could have been in about four or five times a goal on us. Yeah. So, I, think, yeah. I was going to say, I think in the long run, I think two, three years at the World Cup and the Euros after, I think he will be a standout man. But he still needs that time to learn more of not the off the ball side of things, and and I think I think I think it said it last week. He needs a better coach than Solskjaer to get the best out of him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we sort of got the two central options. Um, I think you and me, uh, Tom, we've gone with Harry Kane and Calvert Lewin. Um, I think I I very I think the only time I would like Harry Kane is in an England shirt. <laughs> mm, yeah, uh, as you told me, see, uh, we've got a number nine cane shirt on. The last one in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, no denying, I think if he can find his form and he get actually get fitness uh, and stay fit, because I think that's being his biggest problem. Is he always seems to get to this time of the season, he'll always end up with an injury, like an ankle injury or something. Um, but if he can stay fit, I think there's no better sort of forward for us to lead the line. He's clinical. He's a, he reminds us of an Alan Shearer type striker. No, yeah, he's, he's he's class. I mean, he's got everything. He can pass, movement in the box, finishing's great. Right foot, left foot. Um, you know, at the minute, there's there's no one that touches his level, in my opinion. No. Unless he's injured, I can't see him. You know, I, I can't see. Well, I've put Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, as I say, I can't see Hurricane starting. If it, you know, even if he's on a bad run of form, I still think he keeps his spot. And did you you took Bamford out, didn't you, Warren? Because you were debating Bamford, which I think is an interesting one. It is with Bamford, obviously, like I said to you beforehand, both uh, same amount of goals as Calvert Lewin, but five assists. Calvert Lewin's nil, I think it says on there. It's it's an interesting, but I think for me. Kane and Bamford are sort of similar options. Um, but then I, even I think Calvert-Lewin is. Um, I think the sort of two players that come to mind who we didn't mention uh, is obviously Jamie Vardy, but obviously he sort of put himself into retirement, effectively in international duty, but he hasn't ever ruled out coming back. I think he still offers something different in the sort of the, I wouldn't say pace injection, but he's got that poacher in him. He's something different, I think, that England could do with. And the other one I'd like to mention is Danny Ings. He kept up, obviously, with all of the Southampton squad. If they kept up that momentum, what they had in that kind of short period, mm. I think would be going because he, his finishing is, is blinding, to be honest. It's just keeping him, obviously, like he, it was at Liverpool, keeping him fit. Yeah. If Vardy was out, wasn't in retirement, he would be on the plane for me over Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, I think it's a big miss is Vardy. Um, and you know, he, he done it for, I would say, I think his reason that he wants to give the younger players a chance to come through. He did say as well, he wanted to do it so he could play at Leicester for more years. Oh, makes sense. Because um, I think he's still arguably one of the top forwards in the Premier League. On his day, like his finishing, etc., is second to none. He's mm. <laughs> literally constantly going out at that defence. Yeah, because I think he, he's, he's got 32, 33 now, I think. He's not... Have you heard his pre-match routine? 
Yeah. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> have you heard it, Charlie? Go on. I probably might have, but I don't know who to. He wakes up, has a Red Bull, like a big red, like wakes up, like literally wakes up to the fridge, bomb, to the ground, carb loads, boom, another another energy drink, warms up, boom, another energy drink. And he's just, he's, he's just like a little whippersnapper around that bitch. He's... Espressos as well. Huh? I'm pretty sure he drinks double espressos as well. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm, I know he was one of the players with, like, chewing the tobacco. I know he'd done that for a while. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's it's hard one. But obviously, there's our 23-man squad. So, so you can let us know below who you think's correct in going, who's not. If there's any players you would sort of add in there. Um, I think we can try and do we'll do a starting 11 between us so formation what would you like to see 4-3-3 with, yeah. with a DM so we're all in agreement with us I think that's the best way to play it um, so I think we've all decided that Nick Pope's going to be starting I think 100% yeah right back Trent 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 uh, so the centre backs I think in... I'm the only one that's not going to say Maguire, and it's going to be Stones and Maguire for you two. So we'll just go with Stones and Maguire. Who would you have there instead, though, if you could? I would have Mings. I just, you know, I, I know he's, he, don't get me wrong, he's not the best, but, you know, when I've seen him play for Villa, he just puts his body on the line constantly. And he's, if you, if you watch the amount of balls that go into, like, for example, when City beat them 1 0, the amount of clearances he made, last ditch clearances he made, he was immense. Um, you know, Troy, I, I may I may have an agenda against Harry Maguire, but I'd have Mings. <laughs> we'll put a little bracket underneath for Mings for you, so he's there. Okay. <laughs> uh, left back, I'm guessing it's going to be Luke Shaw. I'll go uh, Chilwell. It's hard, you know, because. Chelwell was starting for so long for Chelsea, and since two shows come in, he's now favouring Alonso again. Yeah. It's... Big mistake. And I, I, I like Chelwell. I think he's tough, but it's another thing is, how much did they, Chelsea pay for him? 50, maybe. Do you think he's worth that? How old is he? 324? I think he's older than that. He's, he's my age, which is 24. Oh. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, I'm acting like you know what my age is. Yeah, sorry, 24. <laughs> Uh, listen to, uh, I don't know if he'll be the starting left back for a long time for England. Who's in the who's who's in the twenty threes? You got Max Aaron's. Yeah, he's, he's right side, don't he? He was playing. Well, I went last year to watch the under twenty, and he played at left. Um, let me get the squad up quickly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they've got coming through at left back. Um, but I think, like you said, we're so spoiled with right backs. I don't know if any of them could really convert over to that. Left. Would it be um, Williams? He's left back. Uh, yeah, I don't. He's not there for me yet. No, but I mean, he was playing for under twenty ones, wasn't he? Oh, right, probably. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's have a look if I can see any. Lloyd Kelly, he's one that was there. Uh, Reece Williams is who you mentioned. Ben Godfrey's in there, but he's a centre. James Justin, but he's on the right. Uh, yeah. There's no really actually natural lefts, are there? 
left side, like left side of center, uh, left backs are ones we don't really have many of. It's crazy. Um, so I think we're going. Obviously, we'll go with Cherwell. Uh, that holding midfield role, I'll personally, I'll give it to Hendo to start. I'll give it. I'll go Henderson. Hendo. Um, I think he offers a bit more than Rice. Uh, he's tournament experience, obviously Liverpool captain. I I just love his pat. I love his I love his chat. I know it sounds really really basic, but um, there's a video. Of, it's Robertson blocking a runoff, and he's just going, "Robo, get your body there, yeah, well done, Robert." And he just he lifts everyone. And in a game that you know we could be a bit under the cosh, or a game where we feel that we're getting overrun, I feel like he's the one that's going to you know he'll pull you up if you're not pulling your weight, sort of thing. Definitely. So I think he's more vital. I think he off like you said, I think he offers more than rice at the minute. Um, have you uh, seen his interviews? Because normally he's got a bit of a deeper voice, but after like a after the match, you go and listen to him when he's uh, just obviously finished the game. His voice is a bit more high pitched. It's <laughs> shouting so much. Yeah. Um, then the two in the middle, an advanced sort of role. Are we, are we gonna do? Are we gonna say our two or? We'll sort of work out between us. I think Grealish and Foden. I, I would say that it'll be either for me Grealish, Foden slash Madison. Yeah, they're the only. Who pick on now? It's hard. I, I'm happy to give it to Foden because I think he needs that experience as well in a tournament. Because if he can come into this and make a sort of big impression, and we say get to like the semis and finals, he's a big role. He's a shoe in for the England for the next four or five years. Um, the thing is, is probably to say, <laughs> wait until the end of the season, whoever's in better form starts. Because now, when you look at, I wouldn't say anyone's better than anyone in that. They've got such good quality. Yeah. Exactly. Go well. He's better than him. Well, then they're not. They're all the same. I think. Um, and then the forwards. So the right wing, left wing. Right wing, Jay and Sancho. Left wing, Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Agreed. And Captain Kane up top. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. That was a lot easier than I thought it would be. So realistic. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Before you, sorry, Joe. Before you, let's be honest. He's going to play a back five, and we're <laughs> going to have Winks, Dyer, and. <laughs> Winks, Dyer, Henderson in midfield, Rice yeah. just in front of them. Yeah. And then Kane up front on his own. If we have Winks or Eric Dyer, I am going to support Wales. <laughs> <laughs> One of them will be in that squad. I'm telling you that now. Dyer. I mean, I'd rather have Harry Winks, but he not play. But because Eric, how Eric Dyer is a professional footballer, I don't know. <laughs> it baffles me. It baffles me. But then realistically, boys, where are we say in England are coming in this Euros? We've got another group. Scotland, Croatia, and I can't remember the other one. Uh, I'm going to go... Definitely get our group stages, won't we? So... I reckon we'll come second in group stages. I reckon Croatia will top it. Who the, Their squad isn't strong that strong anyway. Obviously, I know they've got Modric. Perisic, Rakitic. But yeah. it's not the same... Go back two years ago... They're not in the same form. Like Modric back then was obviously, I swear he was the Ballon d'Or winner then. Um, I don't think he's the same player he was then. But with Croatia are our bogey team. They always have been. Yeah, they've got a lot of uh, playing in Europe. Um, but obviously we turned them over in the Nations League. 
uh, after. Yeah, that. but that's like that's like that's like winning the a pre-season tournament. Like the, it was like winning the Barclays Asia Trophy. That's like a pre-season six aside. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like, it's like Arsenal. We'll say like Arteta will come out and say, "Oh, we want to win the FA Cup." We'll lose to Liverpool in the FA Cup, then we'll go beat them in the league. I think that actually happened, didn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. But if it was like an international friendly, but the Nations League was at a higher level, it wasn't your, I would say, like the B teams being put out. This was the full teams. And there's a lot to sort of play as as a prize fund at the end of the day. And there's a trophy and a way into qualification. So it was a lot more to it. Um, Obviously, we didn't turn them over like 5 6 0, but we still got the job done. I'm pretty sure we won both games in that. I want to be hopeful. I think realistically, anything but the semis is a disappointment. You'd think that because realistically, if we got to the semis in the World Cup, you've got to go, you've got to go for it. You can't. It's always been, we've got to have this winners mentality now. We can't go from the but semis. You, but you put us up against the nations. I can't see us beating France. I think France are just too superior. I think France are the, the team that's going to win it personally. Or Portugal. Uh, they're getting stronger. Portugal will be a good side. Spain yeah. going up again are getting good. Italy. I think, I think Spain have, since they're like sort of PKPO and that have sort of got older. Well, they don't play anymore, but whoever still plays, it's not as strong, not as strong as it used to be. Um, a good team though. They've got a, a lot of youth in there and they are banging goals in for fun. They are, but I think if you play, if we play the way that we know we can with that attacking mentality out of I'll say like the midfield and forwards there's not many better nations probably bar France that have the amount of talent we do but yeah. is it we, are we going to use it that's the question that's the, that's the whole thing if we, like it's, it's you don't have to have a UEFA B coaching licence you don't have to have all this all these achievements and whatever to know that for this team you need to you need to bulk the attack as much as you can in yeah. this squad um and I think that's the biggest problem is I don't think we'll see a generation the same way we do for a long time. Um, agreed, I think France will win it. Their squad, their freaking fourth team could probably win the Euros. They've got that much talent. Mm. But for me, I think if we don't get to the semis, we can deem it as a sort of a failure for the squad we have. Do you, yeah. think, do you think if we don't make it to the semis, Drake and Southgate will be sacked? Yes. Yeah, the thing with them... Where wherever we go, what we get to, all I want is for uh, them not to be an, another moment of why didn't he pass it? Oh. <laughs> I think for me, more than anything, I think for a lot of, I'll say, obviously I'm 20, 23, nearly 24 now. It's the first sort of, like the World Cup last time was a good thing for a lot of our generation to get back into the national team. For a long time for me growing up, it was never anything to be interested in because we was always out around 16 or the group. We never had that appeal. I think for the World Cup, it brought sort of that everyone back together as such is you've got to grow on that because I think we wouldn't have done as well without the support that the team got. Like you saw as a nation, we were freaking going mental. Oh, I saw the freaking, if we won that, God knows, no one would have been going to work the next day. Um, but... <laughs> You've got to build on that and keep that momentum going to get people behind the national team. Otherwise, we're just going to drop off again. Yeah. He did do a good job of bringing the nation together. He did. 
And but to me, I think I said this last week is the last episode of season one was all about how I think Southgate's time is up. And I was doing this a year ago. I, it was obviously straight after those performances when we were going back to this two holding midfield and we weren't doing that. Oh, God, I hate it. I hate it. You, you, it's literally, you, you're killing our attacking, our attacking lineup is a joke. And like, he's taken away, obviously, that excitement of us at the World Cup when we were so good to seeing us losing and playing such boring football. Who is it we played at Wembley? We played, was it, I want to say Scotland? I want to say Scotland. What, recently? We played an attacking formation and I think we won about three or four nil. And it was just played, we just absolutely tore them to pieces. Played a four, three, three. It might have been because I think Calvert Lewin backed. I think it was one of his first games. Yeah, and that literally says that literally should have told Southgate, wow, we need to attack more because we're just so we just set out to him negatively. Yeah. Um, but say so saying this is just a sort of bit of future here, if Southgate did get sacked, who would you want to see come in as the next manager? Eddie Howe. Good shout. I like him, but Yes, in terms of he can make a team that's not so good strong. He didn't have a lot of money at Bournemouth and I think it was unfair of him to be dismissed. So, yes, in that respect. But I feel like if England want to win an international tournament, they need to go big. Well, well, international? Yeah, you know, like, you know, someone... I don't know who's out of management at the minute. It's hard. It's really hard. But someone on on the on the line of Ancelotti, someone like Ancelotti on that sort of level, to... that has been thrown around before. I think he's even said he'd be open to it. Is Mourinho? No. Dio coming back then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't see the problem, and I wouldn't be upset if someone like Lampard got it, because. Lampard, I think even at Chelsea, tried to play attacking football. I think he knows the England setup very well. Obviously, being an ex-international, arguably one of our best ever England players, he's got to know what that tournament factor is. I think similar way that Southgate did. I think that was a good thing is that he had that experience of being in the camps. I um, would, I would personally have Gerard over Lampard. Oh, one hundred percent. I think Gerard's a better manager, no denying it, but. I don't think Gerard would be in this position to take the job, whereas okay. I think Lampard is. Gerard is destined, I think, we were sort of discussing it last week, is he's destined, I think, to take a bigger role than Rangers and then Liverpool. Um, whereas, I think he'll make the switch. I, I, I think he'll make the switch. What, straight to Liverpool? Yeah, because, you know, Liverpool haven't been performing as good as they could have been lately. And naturally, in football, for whatever reason, the manager is blamed first. I wouldn't. I would hate from a mutual point of view. I'd hate to see Jurgen Klopp go because I think he's done absolute wonders for that Liverpool team. However, we're already, you know, what I don't like in football these days is that say if uh, we'll take Liverpool as the example as I'm talking about, and if Salah has a bad game, that conversation's had for about ten seconds. They start questioning the manager. Mm. So. I fear that potentially Klopp may go in the next few seasons with Gerard coming in to replace him. His, his contract ends next year anyway, I think. 
Um, he's he has had a um, interview recently about and he said was, uh, he's not in any rush to be leaving, but he like he always does. He always has a year out before he uh, when he goes from somewhere. So, but I don't think it'll be it won't be anytime soon. And Gerard shouldn't be rushing to get that Liverpool job straight away anyway. I think I can sort of say, obviously, you can understand this as well. So, so from an Arsenal point of view, the Gerard sort of situation is very similar, I think, to me, is like someone like Thierry Henry. I said this last week, is you wouldn't want him to take the Arsenal job because no. if he took it and it went disastrously wrong, that literally ruins his whole reputation a lot, I see, as an Arsenal legend. Yeah, he's not, he's not, you know, management hasn't really helped him, I don't think, in this way. I don't think. So, there's a lot of rumours he's set to be taking the Bournemouth job. Yeah, I've heard a lot about that, actually. It's quite a weird one. A, because I, don't, I didn't think someone, you know, no disrespect to the Championship, I didn't think anyone of his stature would sort of go to the Championship. Like, I don't think you've seen many players, ex-players. Was that? Rooney? <sighs> yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Where are Derby? Are they top, at the top? No, they're <laughs> No. There you go then. <laughs> but where are Bournemouth? Are they like third? Bournemouth. Uh, you look at their team though. What, Bournemouth? Like fifth or sixth. The Championship, they've got a good team. Bournemouth are actually seventh in the league. Super Jackie Wilshire. And Derby are 18th at the moment. Wow. Uh, <laughs> they're 18th? Yeah. And he's still. But. When did he take over? Start of the season. No, so yeah. he was he was no, but he was a player manager for a long time. Yeah, he weren't. He was in a coach role, and then I think he took the full permanent role in December. So he made the decision to retire and become the manager. Yeah, well, it's it's an odd one, um, but I think that's covered pretty much everything for this week. It's been a pleasure to have you on again, Mister Jones. Thank you for having me, lads. Always a pleasure. I think we sort of said we'd like to do an episode in the future where we can sort of break down Arsenal in further detail because you understand it more than anything. I think yep. we can do a Liverpool one as well because they're down the same boat. It won't be long till we overtake you in the league. Give it a few more weeks. <laughs> All I heard was absolute crap, lad. <laughs> it won't be long. It won't be long. We're flying. You're just going further down the road. Chance of losing 10 stone and Arsenal being above us in the season. <laughs> we'll see it at the end. We'll see it at the end. <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure again, Tom. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you all. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>